The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Did you know that over 95% of all businesses fail within the first 10 years? By listening in to what Bob's guests have to say, plus direction from Bob Pritchard himself, it's our intention that you won't be among those statistics. Now, here's your host, Bob Pritchard. Hi, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Coming to you from Los Angeles in what has been a magnificent week of weather. Perfect, perfect weather, absolutely. This is a show for entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs are the people that have the ability to change the economic fortunes. Entrepreneurs are the people who will kickstart the economic recovery. And entrepreneurs are the people that will build high-paying, high-skilled jobs that are suitable for the 21st century. It won't happen with big business, and it certainly won't happen with our big government. It's our intention here to inform small business owners and startups like yourselves and show you how to avoid making the same mistakes that people like me who went before you made. There's nothing more rewarding or invigorating than becoming an entrepreneur. You control your own destiny. You've got the flexibility of changing anything at all that you want that isn't working and creating better and better solutions. You know, as I've mentioned many times before, one of the most critical elements that leads to success is to clearly differentiate yourselves from your competitors. More and more companies today are allowing themselves to become commoditized. The result is that they look exactly like their competitors. A recent PricewaterhouseCoopers study showed that 51 categories of products and services 46 of these 51 categories were commoditized. This means the customer, whether business to business or business to consumer, can't tell the difference between your product and the competition. You're all me too's. In other words, in the, in the consumer's mind, if you can't buy a particular product, you can substitute it with any other product in the category and it really won't make much difference. This commoditization totally breaks down brand loyalty and the sales ultimately made on the only real difference to the consumer now, which is price. Once the purchase decision is based on price, you have to continue to cut your price in order to get sales. Now, this erodes brand equity. It diminishes your market share. It increases your marketing cost and it slashes your return on investment. That's a lose, 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 lose. So why would you do it? And when you've clearly differentiated your product from all your competitors, your brand equity and brand loyalty drives word of mouth, which all studies show should drive over 70% of your sales. The cost per customer and the cost per sale 
are then dramatically reduced. This also dramatically cuts your marketing costs, and you can now allocate some of that reduction in marketing costs to providing extraordinary customer service, which in turn increases your word of mouth. Even if your product is for all intents and purposes the same as your competitors, by being creative and understanding precisely what your customer wants, you can readily establish a clear differentiation from your competition and at the same time enhance your value proposition. Now, this doesn't have to be a big thing. It doesn't even have to make sense. I remember a few years ago, one of the most successful differentiation statements was for a laundry product called Blue Omo. Their differentiation was that Blue Omo washes whiter than white. Because the average housewife at the time wanted their washing to be as clean as possible, and probably still do, this differentiation resonated and Blue Omo became the biggest selling laundry product in the world. So let's analyse this for a second. Washes whiter than white. Fuck, it doesn't even make sense. You can't wash whiter than white. But nevertheless, making sense or not, it resonated with the people that this product will get your washing as clean as it's possible to get. Now, another example, there's millions of companies that make corn chips. But Doritos put a curl in the end of their chips so they'd hold more salsa and guacamole. Sales increased by 400 million dollars, putting a curl in the bottom of the chip. Differentiating your product from your competition is a creative exercise. You need to know your customer and precisely what they're looking for. Then identify yourself as the product that will provide that to them. And if you don't have a creative difference, fire your marketing manager. Tell him to get out of there. Fire your advertising agency. It's not hard to create a difference if you really think about it. Remember, it's the size of the idea that counts, not the size of the budget. There have been a lot of good articles in the media this week, and I'd just like to mention a couple of them to you. One is called Keeping Your Employees Happy and Engaged. It says that for a lot of startups, the potential for a big payoff can be the biggest lure for attracting and retaining good employees. You know, I've been involved in startups where um, I've taken a small shareholding in lieu of part of my salary. And when the company goes to IPO, or in one instance where the company's bought out, I did much better financially than I would have with that extra salary. But how do you keep employees happy and totally committed when the IPO or the merger appears to be a long way off? Well, recent studies have noted the difficulties that employers have in attracting and retaining talent. For starters, social media sites like LinkedIn are a great way to find prospective employees who are not out there actively looking for a job. Often, they can be lured with a shareholding incentive. Recent studies have noted these difficulties and we need to determine ways to keep people happy and motivated. And some of these could include promoting work-life balance. You know, one of the concerns that people have today is how do they really balance their lives? How do they stop themselves from being a a workaholic at the um, detriment of, of family? So some companies give additional time off every few weeks. Some give long weekends, um, 
every few weeks. Some give massages at the office. Some provide tickets to shows. And there are lots of other incentives to help employees enjoy life both in the office and outside the office. Giving the company a mission that employees can buy into and be proud of, that's another excellent incentive. Finding solutions to community problems, assisting in local communities, or even devoting the company to finding solutions to global problems makes employees feel good about the company, good about themselves, and worthwhile. Another article that caught my attention was called How to Get Positive Customer Feedback. In the new book, Word of Mouth Marketing, How Smart Companies Get People Talking, the author suggests that many word-of-mouth responses are based on perceptions of corporate integrity. To increase the chances that your company will be seen in a very favourable light, you should avoid all forms of shill marketing and make sure that all sales, special offers and claims are honest at face value. And you should deal with any problems forthrightly. Negative reviews are going to happen. You know, things happen. And dealing with them effectively is one way to not only squash the issue, but also gain loyal customers and word of mouth referrals. You know, customers that have had something go wrong and have it fixed by a company in an expedited fashion and friendly and warm turn out to be much stronger loyal customers than those who have never had a problem. Last night, I went to a cocktail party in Santa Monica for a wonderful film called The Big Fix, which is Josh and Rebecca Tekel's film that debuted in Cannes. Now, apart from having a hell of a lot of fun meeting a lot of people, including people like Peter Fonda, Amy Smart, Ed Begley Jr., Tim Robbins. The purpose of the night was serious. This movie exposes the secrets of big oil. The information that it provides about the BP oil spill in the Gulf is frightening. This is investigative journalism at its absolute best. I got home last night and I uh, put the disc that they gave me at the cocktail party into the DVD and I sat there and I watched it. It is absorbing. Now, despite all the ads that you see every five minutes on television telling you that the Gulf's back to normal, everything's fantastic, the restaurants are great, don't believe it. I, for one, will not eat seafood coming out of the Gulf for many years. Now, this is a wonderful, extremely gutsy film. It's called The Big Fix. And I urge everybody, this is a movie that everybody should see and you should show it to your children. It is a very important piece of film. And uh, I urge you to go to Netflix or to YouTube. Just check it out. And when you do check it out and watch it, it is so powerful that you'll want to tell your friends. So, you know, if you want new customers, one way to do it is to become a green company. There's no question that it can boost your sales, and it's a hell of a lot easier to do 
than you think it is. A recent Harris Interactive survey found that 82% of American adults claim to be well-informed about companies and brands with a strong track record for sustainability. What's more, and surprising to me, 80% of those consumers said that knowledge, this knowledge guided their purchasing decisions. So why would you pass up an opportunity to appeal to so many customers? Now, a good way to start establishing your green credentials is to cut your energy use. Now, this is not only good for the environment, but it will cut costs and help improve your customer's bottom line. One of the ways to get started is to buy energy-efficient technology, and that's pretty easy today thanks to the federal EPAT registry, and you should move your basic applications such as email, data backup and accounting to cloud-based services and save a bundle on server and power costs. Now, I hope you go to my website, bobpritchard.com, and enrol for my June newsletter, which has been out for a couple of weeks. Now, don't forget to email me at bob at bobpritchard.com. Tweet me at the Bob Pritchard. Join me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Google+. Contact me in any way that takes your fancy. Just don't ignore me. Send me a bloody carrier pigeon. That'd be cool. I'd really love that. Preferably carrying a bottle of red wine. And if you want to book me for a presentation for your business conference, drop me an email. I guarantee that I'll fire up your team and get great results. I'm Bob Pritchard. I'll be back in a moment with my first guest. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Now, as you know, this show is dedicated to helping small business become more successful in this highly competitive, depressed market environment. 
And this is the, the segment where we talk to people whose goal is to help companies achieve this success. My guest today is Mark Bowser, who is a proven leader, training some of the top corporations in America, companies such as Southwest Airlines, Ford, Sony, FedEx, and a plethora of others. Now, what makes Mark special is this wealth of experience that he has. And it's not only in one area, it's in the areas of leadership, customer service, sales, and personal development. Four critical elements of being successful in any business today, whether you're a major corporation or whether you're a startup. Mark's the president and CEO of Empowering Enterprises, which is a corporate training and development company helping businesses, organizations, and individuals to reach peak performance. I've been trying to connect with Mark for some time, but he's got this incredible schedule that's even more hectic than mine. But uh, I finally reached him tonight at his hotel just outside Detroit. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Bob Pritchard Show. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me today. It's taken a bit of organization, but I think we're it finally sure there. Has. It sure has. We've got the job done. <laughs> we got it done. What are the two greatest training needs that organizations have, and, and are they different for big companies and small companies, or are they the same? I believe they're the same across the board, and in my opinion, the two most critical training elements that any organization as well as an individual needs to possess are leadership and sales, in that order. And uh, let me just start with the individual. I believe that every individual has to lead, and the first person they lead is themselves. And so if they can lead themselves, and the definition I use of leadership is one I learned from uh, J. Oswald Sanders many, many years ago in his book when he defined leadership with one word, influence. Nothing more, nothing less. And so the first person we have to influence is ourselves. And then once we influence ourselves, we can influence the world around us. And that's when it gets into the cells. And so selling is influencing the world around us. And so that's important not only from an individual, but in this critical, almost depressed marketplace that we have today, it is pivotal and fundamental for any size organization to beef up those two structures, leadership and then sales. Leadership first, then selling to that world or their marketplace that they possess. Yeah, I've always believed that... um Sales is a transference of energy. It's the energy that you've got and the excitement that you've got for your product. Um, of course, your value proposition counts, but that energy is halfway to making a sale. And you're right, to get that, that uh, confidence and that, um, that energy, you need to have leadership, don't you? Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I believe the same as you. As, as uh, One of my mentors, Zig Ziglar, he says that selling is a transference of feeling. And the key is if we cannot feel it ourselves or we cannot have that enthusiasm, we are not going to be able to sell ourselves or our product or service. And so I think you hit it right on the money, Bob, is that selling is that transference, that emotion that we can put into it, and that's going to influence that marketplace. And most business people that have been around a while can spot a phony in about three seconds. So the <laughs> the rest of the half-hour sales pitch has got to be pretty embarrassing, I reckon. That is true. That is so true. <laughs> and I think most of us hang up on those people. We call them telemarketers. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. God, there's millions of them around. Um, sure. You say that a person must sell from their strengths. Why is that so important? 
Well, I think so many times people try to sell out of a different model. And, and I think the key is, is by selling from your strengths is you're not taking a tool and shaping yourself to the tool. You're taking the tool and shaping it to your situation. It's, it's like the old uh, adage that uh, if you use a hammer for every certain type of construction that you do, you're going to run into problems, obviously. Yeah. And so I think it's the same way from a selling perspective. And when I first learned that, it was from the world of athletics. I was a competitive tennis player uh, for, for many years, playing from the high school level club to the semi-pro level. And I remember as a young freshman in college being very, very frustrated. Mm. Is For example, Bob, I was out there in the middle of a match, and my college coach wanted me to play a particular style of game. Sure. My personal coach wanted me to play a very different style of game. He wanted me to play a very hard-driving, serving volley, come into the net, put the ball away type of game, which I was very good at, and he shaped me for that. Hmm. So I was very frustrated and very confused. Right. Until I finally began to realize, you know, this isn't working. I cannot play a style just because somebody wants me to play it because I don't fit it. So I ended up following my coaches, my personal coaches' lead, and I began to play my game again. I began yeah. to play to my strengths, and I began to win. Right. And as long as I was winning, obviously my college coach didn't care. And, of course, you that get more. the key. And I, I translated that and learned that in terms of sales, too. Yes, there's the fundamentals of selling that everybody has to learn, but from there on you have to sell from your strengths. Some people are yeah. better communicators than others. Some people can build rapport on a dime, where other people it takes a long time to build rapport with a customer. Sure. You have to sell from those strengths, and when you lead from those strengths, the other parts fall into place. And, and so that's what I learned. I learned it the hard way. And, how do you, how do you determine? You have to keep focusing on the strengths areas. How do you determine what, what are your strengths and what might be some arrogance? I mean, I meet people who think they're fantastic communicators that are dreadful. Uh, so how, how, do you, how do you determine what your real strengths are? I think the key is to being humble enough to have mentors. Yeah. And that's what has worked for me is Absolutely. people who have walked the path before me, whether it was from tennis or whether it was from sales, people who have walked the path before me to be able to guide me during that. In tennis, it was Galen Scott, my personal coach. From a sales and from a speaking standpoint, it's been people like Scott McCain and Zig Ziglar. I had Scott on the program a couple of weeks ago. Excuse me? I had Scott on the program a couple of weeks ago. I love him. Oh, did you? Yeah, he's great. Great guy. Yeah, he is. Great guy. And so these guys have been instrumental in shaping me, and not in just from the fundamentals of like a, a... a speaker and stuff, which Scott has helped me a tremendous amount, but also from the fundamentals of how you even live this type of life, which is not always easy from a travel standpoint, from a stress standpoint, from airport to airport, yeah. and and they've been able to guide me through that to help me focus on my strengths. And I remember many, many years ago, as a very young speaker, is Scott began to say to me things such as, you know, you can only be the best facsimile of a Scott McCain. You can be the best Mark Bowser. And his point was, because he had fallen into the same uh, crack that most speakers fall into, is you begin to try to model almost perfectly your mentors. Sure. And and that's not what you do by taking your strengths, is you model them by becoming the best that you can be, by taking what they have to show you and to share with you and then shaping it into your own personality, into your own style, if you will. And yeah. it's, that's how I think you begin to shape that. So I think it's humble enough to have mentors and listen to them actively and follow their advice. 
we're always talking about the need for mentors in this program, so that's great. One of the books that you've written is uh, Three Pillars of Success. Now, what does that mean for business and, and individuals alike? Well, I think it piggybacks on the, the two the most important elements of training that you mentioned a few moments ago. And the three pillars of success are, are the same for a Fortune 500 company or a small mom and pop. Mm-hmm. And the three pillars in their order of importance are leadership, which yep. you mentioned before, sales, and then customer service. Those three key areas, if any organization is failing, it's fa- they're failing because they're failing in one or more of those three key elements. If yep. they're succeeding, they're succeeding in all three. And I think you have to succeed in all three. Sure, you can cover up some lousy customer service for a while by having great sales, but eventually it catches up on you. Yeah. And you have to have all three of those particular elements, and when that's clicking, everything begins to click. And that's true whether we're talking about not just a company, but if we're talking for a church or if we're talking about a family. Yeah. They may not call them the same words, but, for example, a church does the exact same thing. church has to have a leadership, and a yeah. church has to have selling. Now, they call that evangelizing. And then they have to serve people in order to make it complete. And so a family is the same way. And so whether it's a family clear up to a Fortune 5 company, all of them have those three pillars, and they have to all be in place at the same time to be successful. Because customer service is getting more and more important as media fragments and as it, it becomes more difficult to reach people and more expensive to reach people, um, customer service and word of mouth is becoming by far the most most important form of of, um, of sales, really, and marketing. If you've got, uh, there was a study by Harvard that said that to be successful now, um, seventy five percent of all your sales should come from either repeat business or word of mouth, which means great customer service. Absolutely. A referral sale is the easiest sale in the world. And the cheapest. But it is a sale that most people don't go for. That's right. And, and explain it, that one to me, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I agree. Most people don't do it. Yep, I agree. And, and, it's, it's, and it's key, and you're right. Most people, most organizations don't give great customer service. And so the ones that do shine out. Yeah. My family and I are in the next. Uh, about a couple, two weeks, we're going to be heading down to Disney, yeah. and who is obviously number one. They are great at our service, yeah. And they are proof in the pudding that if you serve people, they'll come back. Yep. And they'll not just come back; they'll bring their friends with them. Sure. And they'll tell their friends' friends about it, and then they will come back. And and that's a key. It's yep. the easiest sell in the world. Treat people right, and they will come back. Yep. What? Um, so what? What are you working on for the future? Well, we're working on a, a new book called Sell Success. Right. It's a book that we've uh, teamed up with some of the best of the best to bring this one into being. I'm writing the story that kind of shapes the book itself, and then we're getting contributors, uh, and some people who are on board already are Zig Ziglar and Tom Hopkins, and uh, Todd Duncan has just uh, joined the forces as well. Right. And so those are the... Some of the three big ones, and we have some other folks who are going to be involved in it as well. And the whole key there is to build up that second pillar, if you will. Yeah, That cell part of it to help people not only have the understanding of fundamentally how to sell, but how to have the confidence to sell and the confidence in themselves to actually make that happen. So that's the next thing we're working on. Probably won't be in bookstores till for about 15 months. Just right. kind of takes a while to get through the writing. And I, understand. <laughs> I understand. I um, understand. 
But sales is critical, you know. The sales, without a sale, everybody else in the company is unemployed. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's the only profit, or one, I won't say the only, but the main profit-generating part of any company. And yeah. so smart companies will invest in their salespeople because they're the ones who are paying for everybody else. Yep, that's right. Now, this is a tough economy. What's the single most important element um, for a business to succeed in this environment? Well, I think it is those three pillars again. I know you yeah. sound like a broken record, but in this economy, you've got to be creative. You have to have creative leadership who is willing to step out and take action steps that have to be very courageous. Yeah. And the problem is, is in this type of economy, everybody starts to be pulled back. They start to pull back close to the chest. They try to pull back inside themselves in their own company, which in many cases is the exact opposite of what they need to do. I have never and been able to work that out. It's, and people give up too easy with sales. I mean, people, I've always said to people, no doesn't mean never. No means no right at this second. Um, right. It mightn't mean no in five minutes. So <laughs> be a pain in the ass. Keep going. Just phrase it differently. Change that value proposition, and sooner or later, you're likely to get a sale. That's right. It's uh, there's a there's a certain percentage of people who are ready to buy always. Yeah. And you just have to keep knocking on those doors and knocking on the same doors at times to open up those opportunities. And because they won't necessarily buy today, doesn't mean they won't tomorrow, like you just mentioned. That's but right. Too many people will they will give up after. Well, I called them three times, Mark. What do you want me to do? Yeah. Well, call them a fourth time and a fifth time. And call them with a reason. I, th- I find too many salespeople, they, they call prospects back up, and it's kind of, well, I'm just checking in. Yeah. Well, that doesn't do anything for them. you got to call for a reason to give them that value that you mentioned a moment ago, that value for them. But we have too many salespeople out there who are just phone dialers. Yeah. They call without any reason, and they haven't researched the clients enough to find out, okay, what is their need, and how can I fill that need? And you call them with a purpose instead of just calling to check up on them. Mark, thanks very much for giving up part of your evening tonight to speak with me. I, I really do appreciate it. I got a You're lot out of it. I appreciate you having me. So now if you'd like to learn more about Mark, go to www.markbowser.com. And I'll be back with all of the Bob Pritchard radio show after this short break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible? Bob Pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight-talking troubleshooter for Fortune 500 companies and SMEs across the world. Whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. 
Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's bob at bobpritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. This is the show that's designed to assist entrepreneurs, startup, and SMEs. We try to help them become more successful, to give them tips so that they don't make the same, same mistakes that a lot of us have made in the past. Now, being an entrepreneur, creating your product, then creating a business model and a business plan, creating an investment plan, and then attempting to sell investors takes a lot of skill and a hell of a lot more perseverance. My next guest lives in England, but was originally from New Zealand, is highly educated, got a string of credits to his name, and has been involved since 2003 in developing and energising the Flowform brand worldwide. He's raised, through a lot of blood, sweat and tears, in excess of $1.5 million in funding from 20 investors over seven years to get Flowform to the point where it is now a worldwide marketing and licensing company. The company's been engaged in approximately 5,000 projects in 50 countries since its inception. Ian, welcome to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Uh, thank you, Bob. Yeah, in, it's a privilege to, um, to be on it, I must say. In 2004, you saw a clear opportunity as water problems and global eco-awareness grew. To, it gave you the ability to scale up or give you the opportunity to scale up your small New Zealand company which had been operating at that time, I think, for 20 or so years. Yeah. And can you tell us, what what is Flowform? Sure. Flowform is a uh, it's an open surface where the, the mathematics of nature in its uh, water movement has been uh, designed in. And this means that we can move water very dynamically in the way that it moves in the mountain cascade, 
and uh, we can do that even up to 10 times more effectively in terms of space. So, for instance, if you take a swimming pool, basically it's being cleaned, it's having chlorine put in it or whatever, um, because it's more or less stagnant. Um, why? Because it's not moving. And so if we put our product, uh, which can also be uh, produced as beautiful sculptures, treating the water in that pool, uh, it's like giving it a, to a mountain cascade uh, and it changes the water quali quality uh, radically. So um, that, that's, the, that's the basic problem we're solving with regard to our water treatment side of, uh, of our product, which is that captured water is becoming to some extent stagnant and uh, we uh, give it back to nature in our product. So is, is Flowform a... A physical pro it, it's a physical product. Yeah, it's a, that's something right. that looks like a computer or something. No, no. So, so it's uh, it's 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 uh, was invented by John Wilkes, who was a sculptor and a mathematician. Uh, it's an open dish shape, which mm -hmm. can be made into many, many different uh, variants for commercial, industrial, sculptural, therapeutic, uh, and other purposes. Um, and the, the whole purpose of it is to wherever we've got water that's not moving properly, uh, whether it's a factory or a farm or, or a home or coming out of a tap, we, we work to supply the flow form water experience for it to, to move it very strongly. And it happens in such a way that, that uh, we can uh, improve interior design and exterior landscaping. We can use them for children's... Uh, Playgrounds, we can use them in spa and, ther and therapeutics, as well as uh, effluent treatment and aquaculture and, and so forth. So I gather from what you're saying that um, these things can be can vary in size from very small to very large. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we, we can we, theoretically we could be making them with bulldozers, but the biggest we've got now is about three meters across, and the smallest uh, operating ones about the size of your hand. So we were a group of about 20 of us over 30 years. Uh, we're working different places around the world and achieving these 5,000 projects that you mentioned. And I saw then, uh, you know, now is the time, as you said. Uh, seven or so years ago, to scale it all up, bring everybody together, um, manage uh, high-volume production. We've got that in Vietnam now and various other places so that we can um, really you know, be doing 5,000 projects a year. That's what we think we can manage. The, each of these people that were developing this sort of independently across the world, most people who invent things have got pretty substantial egos how did you get everybody to sort of come together i mean that seems to be quite a remarkable feat on its own yes well that's one of these uh one of these struggles which you you know mentioned to me when we first talked about this to uh to get together the uh particularly 10 or 11 guys and one woman who who spent half a lifetime on this after they worked with John Wilkes, the inventor, was really something. They were they were pretty worried. They thought that this guy from New Zealand was going to turn up and, and as a megalomaniac was going to take over and they were all going to be squeezed out. So we've had uh, three or four meetings and, and they're very much on board now, very, very keen to uh, 
see uh, this um, become well coordinated. Um, and one of the things, Bob, that made the difference was that I was able to bring this uh, new management team together. These are guys, uh, four guys who've worked to the high level in multinationals who see the uh, uh, the social, environmental, and financial value of uh, this company. They've come in to take it up to another level, and they were able to uh, work very well with these uh, artisans and scientists. So the um, what's the major benefit? Well, the major benefit is yeah. is taking taking water, and and you'd be amazed uh, wherever we we have this water that we've taken out of nature, it's it's losing its quality. So, like I said, with the swimming pools, you know, you run them through flow form, and, and we don't need chlorine. Why? Why well, do you need to put chlorine into a, you know, a Norwegian mountain cascade? No, we don't, because there's a lot not known about how water keeps itself at a very high quality. Yep. So um, that's the main thing. But so we can help transform effluent into a liquid fertilizer. We can make aquaculture much better. The fish are much happier and healthier. We can improve algae farming, uh, all the organic farming and horticulture, and it okay. uh, goes on and on. People's uh, home gardens, um, parks. I'm beginning to get it. Yeah, okay. everywhere we use this water, it's, it's not up to standard, and that's why we, we filter it and we toss chemicals into it, because it's, it's stagnant. So getting to this point that you're at now, uh, you ran out of money a number of times, and you solicited 20 investors to assist you to get where you are today. That's a that's a task on its own. Um, this is a problem that nearly all small businesses face, trying to raise money. So could you just share with us how you went about attracting those investors? Yeah, sure. Um, the first thing I had to do was to have the courage, especially earlier on, the courage doesn't doesn't change, I think, or the need for it, uh, to really look at the situation and look at it early. Right. And to stay calm enough that new ideas can come in. So I've, I've worked quite intuitively. So, for instance, there, there was a time when I saw a crunch coming up, as they call cash flow problem. And uh, so I thought, right, I've got to go to Australia. So I just got on a plane and went to Aussie and uh, attended a bunch of conferences that they let me into gave talks and then said, you know, those who are interested in knowing more, who may want to be part of this company, come and talk to me. So obviously one has to follow the law as well. You can't just be uh, letting the public, you know, mom and pop uh, investors in on these things. They have to be genuine supporters sure. and friends or business associates. Yes. Or professional investors, of course. So, yep. Um, um, there were many, many conversations, Bob, that I had, and there were some times when we really needed money, and I sensed that the investor wasn't the right person, and I sadly walked away from them, because the deal that they were asking for just wouldn't fit. Wouldn't fly. Hmm. No, no. It's, it's, hard. it's hard work. Now, trying to be a trading company to generate income in order to survive, and being a development company 
trying to improve your offer at the same time. That's a pretty difficult task. How did you go about beating the odds, you know, working long hours, stressful conditions, not getting paid, trying to yep. keep your family on side, soliciting funds, managing intellectual property? God, when you're trying to run a business, there's so many parts to it. And this is where most businesses fall down. Not the lack of money. Usually it's the lack of management and, and organisation. How did you cope with that? Well, I don't know how I did cope, Bob. Um, well, you're here. But I still. got through. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still standing up and we're still moving forward. So I guess well, in that sense I did. I no, think I, I was, uh, I think, you know, there's a saying, I don't quite know what it is, but you make your luck if you're determined and you, and you work and you stay stay calm enough to take time out and think. Yeah, the harder you work, the the more lucky you get. Or yeah, like yeah, but I think it's important to work on a business, not just in it. So Absolutely. My wife was very helpful uh, in those ways and still is. You know, she'd get right in front of me and say, you know, you need time off. So we'd uh, go for walks or, or whatever, and then I'd quietly get these uh, ideas which saved uh, time. Mm. Um, but I, I think one of the big things is to is to find the right mentors and I found a few that, that were no good, but you, you pick up on it pretty quickly. You know, there, there are some, some guys who, who uh, can't do it, and so they, they want to uh, tell you how to do it. But then you know the ones who do know what they're doing, and those are the ones to stick to because they save a huge amount of time. One of the problems running a trading company where you're trying to earn your money mm. And a, being a development company, it's never quite enough. Occasionally we would break even and do well for a few months in a row, but then the development work would, wouldn't be growing enough. Sure. So it's, it's a juggling, balancing act. You know, normally with a development company, uh, you're, you're, you're called, you're called R&D and you're in a bigger company, you know, and you're funded. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah all that, or that's all you're doing. So one of the things that you, you stress in all the things that I've seen is the need for frequent and transparent communication with everybody in the organisation, and in particular your investors. Yeah. Now, that's really smart, and you, and you very seldom hear that. Why is, how important has that been to you? Uh, it's incredibly important, and I must say I, I owe them an update uh, right now. Uh, I like to update every few months. Um, I think the primary reason is I'm just so grateful for them uh, having stepped up, looked at something that uh, perhaps their accountants might have said, don't do it, mm. um, but they still did. And the funny thing is, is that, well, not funny, sad, really, uh, is that a number of guys like that, the, the investments that their accountants suggested five or six years ago are now as dead, as dead in the water. Yeah. And our ones are still, uh, still moving along. Well, I have to say that the most important investment you can make on this planet, I reckon, is to do with water. You can have your gold, you can have everything else. Water is going to be the prime investment of the future. Um, one of the things that I always stress on this program, and you mentioned it a few seconds ago, is work on your business and not in it. And then great mentors are critical. And then, but of course, for a small business, and particularly one that doesn't have any money, attracting great people is extremely difficult. So how did you overcome that? I really don't know, quite frankly. Uh, <laughs> it's called, uh, there's, I've forgotten the word, but it's called luck or it's called attraction or something like that. I met a guy uh, seven years ago, eight years ago now in New Zealand, 
and uh, we got on. He loved what we were doing. He's a Hungarian, and he went back to Hungary, uh, climbed the ladder in this multinational company, and then aged uh, in the early 40s, paid off his mortgage and all of that, and uh, thought, well, what am I going to do with my life? He rang me up. Mm. And uh, when I saw how capable he was and all his experience internationally, I said, well, well help me put together this uh, you know, the business case. So would you believe it, in the last 18 months, he's been self-funding. He left his work, and he's, uh, you know, he's one of our management team. He's brought together a group of four others with similar capabilities, and they're now all in place. So I think one of the things for me is to recognize my limitations, my uh, need for other people who are much better at things than I am, and to just keep out of their way while somehow keeping on enthusing them. And it's a, fan, it's a fantastic story. And I think that, you know, you must be one hell of a good salesman because you're, you've achieved um, what most people should do and don't, and it's, it's really worked for you. Um, I really appreciate you being on the show. I think Flowform is a tremendous project whose time has come and... Because you think about water, the one resource that we really need to preserve and is becoming more and more precious. Um, so I look forward to following your um, progress over the next few years. Now, if you'd like to know more about Flowform, you can go to the web at www.flowform.com. Alternatively... Uh, sorry, can, sorry, flowform.net. Oh, sorry, I'll do it again, www.flowform.net. Alternatively, you can send an email to me at bobpritchard.com and I will put you in touch with Ian. So stick around because after the break, I'm going to tell you why and how you can become involved in Flowform. And I'll be back with more of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show in just a couple of minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network do you want your business to achieve results you never thought possible bob pritchard is recognized as the business leader's advisor and has 30 years of experience as a straight talking troubleshooter for fortune 500 companies and smes across the world whether you need a checkup across all departments of your business or simply want to improve marketing, advertising, performance measurement, or some other area, Bob Pritchard will work his magic so you can blow away your competition. Bob Pritchard is also one of the most in-demand speakers in the world. Over 1,500 clients on five continents and countless standing ovations are a testament to how he changes the fortunes of business. Pick up Bob's new book, Kick-Ass Business and Marketing Secrets, at your nearest bookstore. Or visit Bob's website at www.bobpritchard.com. Remember, if you want to be successful, call Bob Pritchard now. Worldwide phone numbers and more information can be found at bobpritchard.com. You are listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. To connect with Bob, please send an email to bob at bobpritchard.com. That's Bob at BobPritchard.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the Bob Pritchard Straight Talking No Bullshit Radio Show. 
coming to you this week from my hometown of Los Angeles, where, as I mentioned earlier, it is absolutely magnificent. Now, we appreciate all the emails that you send to us each week, and we really do do our best to answer all of them and to discuss the issues that you tell us that you really want to talk about. But today, a few minutes ago, I did an interview with Ian Trousdale, CEO of Flowform International. Now, since the show today has a big environmental component, I wanted to talk a little more about Flowform. Water is our most precious resource, and Flowform makes a huge difference in four industries, water improvement, farming, fish farms, and a host of other projects. It makes a difference in wellness, in education, and in landscape. Ten market segments are already using the Flowform product, and more than 5,000 projects have been completed already worldwide. Flowform is a highly technical product that helps water support life and makes water incredibly more efficient. Now, I believe that water in the future is going to be far more important than gold or any other raw material. Flowform seeking $5.5 million in the next three years to maintain their existing growth, continue to develop the excellent infrastructure that they have that Ian mentioned, and building the company. Now, they're not a startup. They're already global. They have a tremendous management team, are in the, and they're, they're in the biggest growth area on the planet, water. Now, I've had a good look at Flowform, and I love what they are doing. I'm, as you can tell, I'm green. And they will be a $100 million company within 10 years. Now, getting involved with a green company and particularly one involved with water, seems to me to be an incredibly smart investment. So why not get involved on the ground floor? For further information, contact Ian Trousdell at contact at flowform.net or contact me directly at bobpritchard.com and I will pass your comments and inquiries on to Ian. Now, I have an email here from... Alison Barber from Wisconsin, who says, Dear Bob, thanks for a great program. It is really easy to listen to and understand, and I love your accent. I assume that you're either English or Australian. Either way, I love it. I happen to be Australian, originally. I've been here 25 years. There needs to be more programs that teach the basics of what is required to run a business. I'm good at what I do, but it is the business side that lets me down. Bob, what in your views are the major reasons that most small businesses fail. I'm running out of time, but Alison, you really need to know at least three things in order to run a successful business. These are finance, marketing, and then the product. And most people in small business only know one of these well. Occasionally they may know two, but seldom do they know all three. And in my view, this is the major reason for the high failure rate of small businesses. Remember, the Bob Pritchard Show is here to help small businesses like yours to succeed. If you are a regular listener and are benefiting from the advice that my guests and I give you each week, please tell your friends to listen. Go to my website at bobpritchard.com and subscribe to my monthly newsletter. My June newsletter is out and the feedback's been terrific, so make sure that you've got a copy Send in your questions, email me at bob at bobpritchard.com, follow me on Twitter, Facebook and Google+. 
Now, I hope you enjoyed the show today. I enjoyed doing it, and I look forward to being with you again at the same time next week. Until next time, have a fantastic and successful week, and let's go kick some butt. You've been listening to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show. Please join us again next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy another week of success in your business and your life.